Wagwan, my peeps, have you not watched Bob Marley One Love movie yet? Now's your chance. You have the opportunity to bring home Bob Marley One Love on digital now. Celebrate the life and music of an icon who inspired generations through his message of love, peace, and unity. Buy Bob Marley One Love Digital today and get over 50 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage and deleted scenes. Available at participating retailers, the movie is rated PG-13 and is brought to you by Paramount Pictures. Where my fans at? From the front to back? Clearly, I have no singing skills, but whatever. Welcome to the Style and Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and, of course, style and vibes. So I was listening to Tiana Taylor's album and the song Gonna Love Me reminded me of a Young Love mixtape that I got back in the day. And I asked the question on my personal IG page uh, at Michaela K. Rose, shameless plug if you want to follow. Do young lovers make playlists for each other now instead? Because I'm not sure how this works. I mean, we consume music and music-related content digitally now more than ever. Music is discovered and shared within minutes, and everyone can pretty much be a curator and or tastemaker in the space simply by sharing the music by artists that they love in playlists, MP3s, SoundCloud, YouTube, you name it. With all the wonderful artists, how does each really stand out? How do they target their music and know where their fans are? The music industry has shifted to accommodate some of these changes, but it's not changed just for the labels. It's also changed for a lot of the artists. In this episode, I speak with Ravi Ramkasun, the founder and CEO of Find My Fans, a location intelligence app that identifies fan activity for performing artists and bands worldwide. Ravi was inspired by wanting to understand why more people didn't listen to Soka and how can artists really reach more of their fans. I mean, in, you know, cities like New York where, you know, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of people of Caribbean descent that's kind of easily accessible. But what about the remote areas outside of those areas and even just being able to target them? So Ravi created Five My Fans and... Um, In this conversation, we really talk about understanding the music industry, how it's changed, and really how the technology has shifted and how this app in particular, Find My Fans, actually is really going to change the way that artists really interact with their fans and really just being able to perform for them. So check out my interview with Ravi. I'm sure you're going to take a lot of tips. This is definitely a learning and loving and understanding the music biz type of podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hello guys and welcome to the Style and Vibes episode. I am so grateful to have Ravi Ramkisun. Okay, right. I got it right because it's a mouthful to say. <laughs> it is. Uh, but thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, so Ravi has an amazing app and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, but he has been an entrepreneur and in the bi- the music business game um, since developing his app, um, Find My, My Fans. Fans. Yes. Um, I just want to make sure I get it right. Um, so... 
you know, we're going to talk about the app itself, but how did you initially kind of want to get into music? Was music first or the tech was first? Music was first, um, and it started off as a hobby. So if, I, if I'm to flash back, it started off with really just a question. I was listening to a Marshall Montano song, of, mm-hmm. of all things, and the thought I had was, you know, how does this song not get on the radio? This is a brilliant song. Mm-hmm. And there was a question that kept that kept on pestering me, which was like, how does music get in the ear of the listener? So I kept pulling that string, and really, it, I needed a hobby at that point in my life about six, seven years ago. Uh, and it was either between researching the music industry, because I have a research background, so I knew how to figure things out, um, or like making like beer or something like that. I really mm-hmm. did need a hobby. Uh, so I kind of chose music, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of kept researching and, and, and studying up and reading books, still a hobby, you know, I started realizing that, hey, I kind of know what I'm talking about. After about a year of this, I kind mm-hmm. of became a little bit obsessed with the music industry just on a, on a hobby level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of went for some more formal education mm-hmm. and started working with artists, singers, songwriters, and people in the music industry just to kind of figure out at the time how to take really soca music mm-hmm. and like what's the formula for this to go global mm-hmm. right and that was really the initial thought was like how does this become much bigger than it is and it's kind of like over the years it's kind of getting there already mm-hmm. uh, without find my fans but mm-hmm. um, I realized that at some point I realized look I'm not in the music I'm not a musician um, I'm not a producer I'm not one of these people I'm more suited in data and research mm-hmm. And it turned out that there was this massive opportunity with data that went underutilized that we can kind of create something mm-hmm. and give it to artists so they can f- more clearly understand their fan bases. Mm-hmm. And to a musician or an artist or a band or as I like, as I like to call them, music entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. fan bases is essentially the only way you can make money mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. And touring and performing at venues is really the the revenue generator. Mm -hmm. So understanding where you're being played and where your fan base is coming from, using data is really, we think, you know, um, uh, a missing link within the music industry. And this isn't just, it started off as a Caribbean music thing, but artists around the world have this problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, The days where you can sell, you know, CDs are long gone, decades Mm -hmm. gone. Um, um, now it's all about touring and merchandising while you're on tour. So we think by using data to identify fan bases for artists, you solve all these problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has massive implications. Mm-hmm. In terms of like when you were kind of researching and just as a hobby, what did you find like most interesting about the industry itself? Here's what I found most interesting. I realized... Um, and this is when I stopped reading books on the music industry. Everything, there was like a realization. Everything that I was reading and learning were telling me how things were done. And what I realized at some point, I didn't care how things were done. I wanted to figure out how they could be done. Mm. And that was an incredible moment for me when I made that realization, right? Because mm-hmm. I, at some point I realized that I knew more about the, the current 
music industry, which had been changing, right? So you didn't need tons of experience, and you uh, you understood how social media and digital media and streaming um, a few years ago was really taking this massive leap forward, um, and it's still continuing to change now. But when I realized that all of a sudden I've only been doing this for a very short time, a couple of years at that point. All of a sudden, I'm the expert in the room, and people, and I, I still, at the, I remember at this point, like there were a lot of quote unquote experts in this room, but experts meaning people were in the industry for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter if you were in the industry in 1999; those rules don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I came, I came in with like these fresh pair of eyes, mm-hmm. and I understood data and how it can be used. Mm-hmm. I remembered going to this meeting with a lot of quote unquote experts, and. I still kept referring to myself as the new guy in the room, and a friend of mine corrected me at the end of the meeting. He was like, what are you talking about? You ran that meeting. You knew more about how this works than everybody else, and that was like a real eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it kind of told you, we're at a transition point, mm-hmm. so you don't, and, and, and some industries are like that. You don't need tons of years and decades in an industry because it's changed so much. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have so many questions. Please, please. So, I'm not known for being short-winded either, oh, Michaela. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so in terms of not only being able to access the data, I, I think even kind of while you're studying and all the information that you do have, a lot of artists are now savvy enough to... So at one point it was, okay, we have to get these artists to understand X, Y, Z. Now they understand that they have to do it, but they aren't necessarily connecting its importance to dollars. Like how, how, how has that... How is that going to change over time? And and you see big name artists really taking advantage of it. And it's because they have a team. Um, Whereas, you know, upcoming artists or even mid-level artists or artists that are trying to cross into different markets, um, they're kind of like a fish out of water kind of. Okay. So here's what we think the secret sauce with Find My Fans is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using the word data and analytics and social media and streaming and all that. For somebody using this app, the app does all the data analytics for you. Mm-hmm. The main focal point of this app is going to be a map based on your data. Mm-hmm. And you can zoom in and out and see where you're actually being played, mm-hmm. right? So that's number one. So you don't have to be an expert on anything to stare at a map and mm-hmm. see Darker colors means you're getting more play there. Mm-hmm. Lighter colors mean you're not, right? Mm-hmm. So number one, we're making it, this is called democratization of data. Making it data and big data easy for somebody to understand, right? Mm-hmm. I have a background in this stuff, but I understand that people that don't, mm-hmm. it, data means nothing to them, right? Like what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. Eventually what we want to be able to do, and we can't do this in the beginning, but we'll try, mm-hmm. is... Now we know where you're being played. We want to be the ones facilitating those bookings for you right within the app. Mm-hmm. So you're getting, you're an artist. This is a Caribbean podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's say you're an artist from Jamaica, living in Jamaica. You, it, you, know, you could be touring or not, but you could find out that you have a, an interesting or a sizable fan base in Tokyo that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. We want to be the people from the app to create a relationship with venues in Tokyo that are interested in, say, reggae music mm-hmm. or dance hall. Mm-hmm. From the app, the artist can book a gig with that venue. Mm-hmm. So that completes the value chain. Data, mm-hmm. great data. 
but now it led to bookings right within the app, just as easy, hopefully, as calling an Uber. Mm -hmm. So that's the value chain that we want to eventually create. Mm -hmm. Data is less important. I mean, it's important. It's the foundational piece of the app, mm -hmm. but data drives a lot of different things. So data drives you know, Uber, but they don't call themselves mm -hmm. that, right? It's you're mm -hmm. calling a taxi. So we think of ourselves as a future booking agent mm -hmm. for artists everywhere in the world. You, know, you can be based in... Dubai and find out you have a fan base in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. you'd be able to do it that way. And that mm -hmm. is the ultimate goal and we won't stop until we get there. It's going to be hard, mm -hmm. but that's the value chain. Mm -hmm. Use this app, make more money. Mm -hmm. What are you excited about in terms of the next phase of the music industry itself outside of having no it's the same question what i'm excited about is now i've met so many up-and-coming artists right all around the world mm -hmm. and the ones specifically like under 30 and especially under 25 mm -hmm. i don't call them artists and bands anymore they're music entrepreneurs they're ceos just as much as they are musicians mm -hmm. just like i'm a ceo in the music industry mm -hmm. they're ceos in the music industry my product is just different from theirs their their product is a song mm -hmm. so they all have a similar mentality to me so they understand as ceos of their own brand mm -hmm. they understand why this is important mm -hmm. because they kind of are trying to do something like this already because a lot of younger people they've grown up like if you're under 25 you've grown your whole life has been YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, half, you know, most of your uh, your, your life has been social media. Mm -hmm. So they under this is just so ingrained in their DNA to use this information. Mm -hmm. We're just going to push this forward and show them how they can use it. But more importantly, we want to eventually learn how these people are kind of hacking our system to figure out how we can make ourselves better. We mm -hmm. we're excited to see what people do with it that we haven't even thought about. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's the interesting thing yeah. is how it's how the culture of musicians have changed. Mm -hmm. And we think we're perfectly in line with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So in terms of music, just as pure enjoyment, uh -huh. what are what are your favorites? What are you listening to right well, now? Well, so number one, I'm, you know, I'm Trini. Um, so it's always going to be Soka. Um, <laughs> but I have a very eclectic music taste. Like I'll go to, I would listen to Michael Jackson earlier. Yeah. So 80s. 80s pop I like, yeah. uh, 90s R&B and rap, mm -hmm. and dancehall. Yeah. Dancehall was big in the 90s. Oh, the 90s was yeah. a good Oh, time. yeah. <laughs> That's like the, the 90s and the early 2000s, yeah. dancehall was king. Uh, and I have a bunch of uh, like pop songs that everybody yeah. would, everybody else would know about. But I, my playlist is, is lit. Well, well, something that you people wouldn't think you'd listen to as a song or an artist man i was listening to frank sinatra, <laughs> yeah, frank sinatra. My way, of course okay, you gotta you gotta know the great ones yeah. you gotta know the great ones yeah. i'm in this industry i happen to do love music yeah um so so that's probably what was your first like musical experience that you like remember as you know you're a child coming up and you're like yeah Okay. Like this is it. This is my okay. moment. Okay, so okay, I can, I can think of a couple of moments that immediately come to mind. The first piece of music I ever got was a tape. My father bought it for me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't even into music at that time, and it was a Mariah Carey tape. Hero on side A, without you on side B. And I still listen to those songs, by the way. That's my yeah. first um, um, piece of music that I owned and then mm -hmm. I kind of got into early 90s super cat was the first CD I bought yeah um, but let's talk about live music let's go to that one these are the three things that came to mind 
first concert I ever saw was in Queens at a place called Caribbean Tropics that doesn't exist anymore. Sean Paul before he got famous. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that's interesting, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. He had a bald head back yeah, then. Only people in no the Caribbean kind of yeah. knew who he was. Yeah. This was still a couple years before, before he, he had big. his big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that because even I think Mr. Vegas was kind of a mm. little more popular at that time. at the time with heads yeah, high. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, that's interesting. Okay, so in terms of like what the music industry kind of is doing now, is there? certain spaces that you feel like you want to go or play in that you're not currently or is there are there any trends that you're really interested in uh either musically or from a, a, a from a business perspective of the music business itself um so here's there's a lot of ways to answer that question let me let me say that the trends that i will we, we think that when we built the idea of Find My Fans. It was to capitalize was on all those true. trends, right? Okay. So like, it, it, it was like, it was the exact missing link. Yeah. But here's where the music industry has been going for a while. It's away from like traditional record labels. And truthfully, when you're signed to a record label, it can mean a lot of different things. It can just be a distribution deal, where people yeah. don't buy CDs anymore, really. Um, or it can be something, uh, different types of deals, right? But people are increasingly, people meaning artists, the actual talent, are mm-hmm really sidestepping record labels unless they want this global fame, mm-hmm. um, which is what record labels are great at because they mm-hmm. have all the relationships and they can pump money into an artist mm-hmm. if they've already reached this level that the only place left to do is right. be like Rihanna Big, right? Yeah. Um, and they'll give those people that shot. But everybody else, the 99.99999% of artists around the world, you know, and we're not just talking about in the Western world. Mm-hmm. There's artists everywhere, right? There's artists right yeah. now in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some in, in, in South Africa and, you know, like, like they'll never be signed really, mm-hmm. but they're really good. Um, but I think to answer your question, there is this huge movement of Afrobeats mixing mm-hmm. and Soka mm-hmm. is a part of, is a mm-hmm. part of that same family mm-hmm. that that's, really poised to explode Mm -hmm. um and you know just as a caribbean boy Mm -hmm. you know that's really exciting to live at a time where you can see your culture Mm -hmm. like blow up and we haven't seen that since you know that's all did it but that was now 20 years ago this is a totally different generation um there's a there's a lot of people walking around right now that are late 20s 30 years old that doesn't even that they don't they didn't live through that you know so 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 i think they're having they're most definitely having their own moment i think yes i feel like new york i I feel like new york in the u.s as a whole is just getting into that trend where like i think in the uk and in europe that i because of the proximity of being able to travel there more easily and then you have a lot of um, diaspora um, artists that are based in like UK, um, but they're like from Ghana or Nigeria, sure. where they kind of have that connection, um, and not as many artists th- well, that are here. Well, let me say this: it might be with the the music itself, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at really um, the when we call say the Caribbean music industry, we're talking about predominantly reggae, dancehall. Um, Soka now, right? And maybe Calypso back in the days. But when you look at the actual industry yeah. in the U.S., yeah, 
Look, it's West Indian people that were so integral oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in so like I mean so like you right. you know West Indian people can easily claim rap yeah and that's quote unquote American but you know yeah. what I mean so like yeah. so what do you mean you, you know what does that mean well even even I guess easily this, claim it, rap trend yeah. like trend wise I think it, it it's 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 definitely like sparking a fire in terms of you know artists actually I literally just went to a Burn a Boy concert a few weeks ago you know they're having a huge one africa music fest in brooklyn oh. in a couple weeks sure. so it's it, it it reminds me a lot of what happened in the 2000s for dancehall sure. um in terms of it and the sound itself is very similar it, it's almost like a hybrid of and I, I listen to, I'll say this, I listened to like WizKids Sounds from the Other Side, uh-huh. that entire album, and it had dancehall, it had soca, it had pop, it had reggaeton, it had But that's, call, you can and call that soca like, now, right? Like soca doesn't oh, sound yeah. like traditional soca. It's, no. it's, 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 it's this, it's, high, it's pop music. Yeah. It's, it's, you listen to some right. of the, some of the, like the, the, the commercial ones, yeah. or like the popular songs, like, you know, Kes yeah. Marshall, you know, bunch of, you know, they sound like. You know, they sound like any other pop song yeah. you would hear now. I think it's like kind of merging in a way yeah. that, you know, people are are always... I, I feel like it evolves and it's almost like creating sub-genres or different genres. I'll, I'll tell you a story. When, we were do, when I was doing research before the word Find My Fans mm-hmm. even came up and was just kind of researching, I was doing these focus groups with like white American uh, people. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing some songs, right? And just, and I knew they were straight up Soka Trini, right? Mm-hmm. And I would kind of ask them what they think about this song. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was just like pop music. They expected it to hear it on like Z100 or something right. like that. Yeah. And I was like, no, not really. But mm-hmm. that's one of the things that kind of like, what's the, there's a massive disconnect mm-hmm. between what you would expect to hear and what you're actually hearing. And yeah. there's a lot of industry reasons for that. Yeah. Um, um, because of the system is meant yeah. to make money, not necessarily break artists. Artists, yeah. And I, I think radio is definitely at a, a, a crossroads because now people don't necessarily listen to the radio no. to find new music. Um, people are just sharing songs, going on SoundCloud. You know, you can hear an artist pop up in your you know musical mm-hmm. pandora or spotify that you don't even know and you'll listen to it because it's kind of sounds enough like another artist that you already like I so i think you know the ears like people are are people are are open and more exposed to more but radio has become smaller i, I it is you're right but globally radio yeah. tv has never taken over radio the, oh no 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 you it's know, not music, you know no. radio is still the biggest medium in the yeah. world but you're right it is not as influential as it was particularly amongst the younger generation yeah there is something and i, I can't prove this but it's anecdotal so what you mentioned just now was how the streaming service have these suggested songs. Mm-hmm. If you like this artist, you played this song, you might like this. And that's the algorithm approach to kind right. of automating, not siloing you into whatever One. you like, right? right? Which, like social media and streaming services are all about silos, right? Yeah. And funneling you into the things you already like. Right. Um, I honestly think the best way for millennials and up and coming Generation Z mm-hmm. is through experiences. So, for mm-hmm. example, there's uh, so there is, so there is, um, so it, it's really 
the, these generations typically are well educated, but have a little bit less money, especially in the U.S. Mm -hmm. than the generation before. before. So they're not spending as much money on clothes and and, and sneakers mm -hmm. and all that. But they are spending a lot of money on experiences. Yeah. So if you can get them into the experience, that's mm -hmm. how you break artists. So for yeah. example, you know Brooklyn is big with you know West Indian music, but there's a lot of American. Brooklyn is the, the still the hipster capital of the world, mm -hmm. and it's right you know so like hipster and West Indian are right next to each other, especially yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. So as they keep merging, yeah. I think there's I think there's I think that's how music is going to be discovered. Yeah. And it's not just in our genre; it's in every genre because people are always going to. Her, it's a cultural influence is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. And that's the best way to break artists. But it, then it goes back to touring, right? Because festivals mm -hmm. and music experiences yeah. um, are all about live performances. So yeah. this is how the whole getting back to find my fans. Yeah. This is how we think we will immerse ourselves as being a key contributor in this entire ecosystem. Yeah. Connecting um, uh, really it's bands and artists mm -hmm. to the venues. But who goes to the venues? It's the fans, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we think we think we think we are on the verge of an incredibly major data company mm -hmm. um, that focuses and serves the music industry, mm -hmm. and that's why it, that's why it's really exciting. You asked yeah. me what I was excited about before. I want to see because yeah. we, we're going to be launching later this year, probably yeah. later this year, and I want to see if all the momentum and all the love that mm -hmm. that we've been getting. Like, how does that really translate to users, hype, momentum, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. additional funding to, to continue to develop? Like, yeah. this, is, this is, to me, like, the most exciting time of my life. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation, as always. And we definitely got to have you back after Please. it launches yes. so we can kind of talk about you know how it's being perceived in the public space and sure. i know it's it's been very very well received in terms of just its usability and the ideas um but i think as an entrepreneur and someone who is on trend with everything that's happening in the mu music industry it will be extremely interesting how fans uh, really interact with other art with their favorite artists and how artists are leveraging the data to kind of make more money because at the end of the day they just want to make some money right. that's it yeah <laughs> well thank you so much um and we'll definitely share everything in the show notes um and make sure i'll put the link to ravi's all his uh personal social media links as well as uh find my fans so is there any last thoughts that you want to share with the people i don't i really sincerely appreciate you taking the time to interview me and um i thank you so much i'm very appreciative thanks all right, till next time. Later, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit styleandvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy Peeps.